Hello and welcome to episode 47 of the Forever Athletic Podcast with me, Coach Ian Wood. And today I would like to share a story about frustration with you and how it can be so destructive to you in the short term, but also to your goals in the long term. And just a little bit of context before I get into this story. So if you know me now, if you worked with me before, you will probably know that I'm a pretty chilled out, laid back, my mum would call me a horizontal person. But that's not always been the case, particularly in certain situations, specifically in competitive situations in sport when I've been playing that in my earlier years, which is where this story comes in. Because there was a big lesson at some point for me where I learned how to be a lot more laid back, chilled out and just see things for exactly what they are. And that happened when I was playing beach volleyball. So I used to be a volleyball player, predominantly indoors. Indoors, he had very specific roles and duties. And the one that I played, I was a middle blocker, is very, very specific. So you don't really do any passing with your forearms. You don't really do any setting with your hands. You just block and spike the ball off two to three step run-ups just over and over and over and it's just work rate work rate work rate when this thing happened I was playing on the beach and on the beach you have to be a much more rounded and skilled player so you do a lot of passing you do a lot of setting and hitting and blocking and defense and all these things I didn't really do indoors so for half of the year I was this very specific player and then on the beach I was trying to be this much more general player and in all honesty I wasn't very good at beach volleyball but in this story, I actually managed to qualify for the British finals down at Boscombe Beach, just down the road with my teammate, Richie. So I was the blocker, taller, stood at the front. He was the kind of passer, setter, um, a little bit shorter. So a lot of time he got served more just because he was a shorter player. But whereas I was actually the less skilled one, then they should have been targeting me. But we've qualified for the British finals and we go through the first couple of games and things go well. That kind of game plan works. They kind of serve Richie a little bit more. He plays more of the ball. He's better skilled. I get some blocks some big hits, all that sort of stuff. Everything's going well. So we get into the next round and we're playing against a couple of tall veterans. So these guys are in their late 30s, maybe early 40s. Physically, they're maybe not at their best, but mentally, they've just done this for years. They know what they're doing. They know how the game works. They're very tricky, very skilled and well-rounded. We go into that game and we absolutely blow them away in the first set just because we're younger, more powerful, fitter, that sort of stuff. The power game kind of comes through. It's all playing into my favor, all that sort of stuff. So obviously they lose the first set and they come up with a game plan. It's like, this isn't working. They are smart enough to understand that and change their game plan. And they're going to start targeting me. And this is a three set game. So kind of first two sets wins. We've just won the first one. So they start targeting me because I'm less skilled. When I get the pressure put on me at that point, I can't necessarily deal with it as well as I should be able to. And I start making mistakes. And because I'm not the laid back, chilled out person that I am nowadays, frustration starts building up and I'm just making silly mistakes. I'm seeing that it's costing us points and we're not winning in this set anymore. And this is just accumulating, accumulating over and over, silly mistakes, all this sort of stuff. And I'm getting in my own head like I used to a lot of the time. And this all accumulates into one point where they make a mistake, the ball just pops up on the net and it's just there for me to hit, put away a point and just maybe turn the momentum of how the game's going at that moment in time. But because I'm so frustrated, because I'm so tight and just tense and just wound up, and I don't know how I've managed to do this and people watching it at the time probably didn't know how I managed to do it as well. I was right in the middle of the court. I've got the whole court on my mercy. I just need to put it down anywhere on the floor, but I managed to hit it as hard as I can out about a meter to the side just because I've over-egged it with all this tension and frustration that I've got in me. Hit it out, lost a point. And that's obviously not what we needed and it's not what my brain needed at that time. 
So I've landed, know the mistake I've made. I'm so angry on the inside. I'm trying to not show it. So I just walk over to the post that's holding up the net on the side and it's padded. So I think I'm going to punch that as hard as I can. Little did I know that the padding was going to do fuck all and I absolutely smashed my hand to pieces. So we have to take an injury timeout because my hand is obviously not very good at this point in time. So five minute break, go off to see the St. John's Ambulance people. They have a look over. We're kind of talking, can I play? Can I carry on? And they think, they say, we don't think it's broken. We think it's sprained. So you can probably carry on. So we go back onto the court. Opposition's game plan is now just to target me as much as possible because they've just seen that I've hurt my hand and I've had to go off to see the medics. My game plan is that they are probably going to serve it towards me. So I'm going to try and hit it as hard as I can and see how bad my hand actually is. And that's exactly how that first point played out. I hit that ball as hard as I could. I won the point, but it hurt so bad. And I knew that we were in real trouble at this point. And they knew it as well. So they just kept on serving me. That set finished off. We obviously didn't win and it was 1-1 going into the deciding set first to 15. We come off, me and my partner Richie come up with this game plan of just Richie's got the serve, we're starting off with the serve. He's just going to hit it as hard as he can, just try and win it on serves and anytime the ball comes back he is just going to get it over ASAP and I'm going to touch the ball as little as possible. Normally you use three touches but if it comes to him first he's just going to send it straight back. If it comes to him second he's going to hit it over on two, that sort of thing. We go 7-0 up in that final set based off just Richie's serve. I think he hit six aces or unreturned serves and I got one left-handed block. So the momentum has just totally turned, just out of nowhere, not really deserved apart from just the quality of Richie's serving. And we go on to win the match against the odds of having a broken hand. So at that point, you have to take kind of I don't know, an hour to 90 minutes off before the rest of the games finish and they sort out the next round and stuff. So we're just sitting around chatting with the mates who you know, other players and stuff and my hand's just getting bigger and bigger and bluer and bluer. Um, and we end up drawing in the next round. My flatmate at the time, who had obviously just been sat around with for the last kind of hour or so, he knows exactly what the deal is. We all know exactly what the deal is. So him and his partner just decide to serve me high all the time. I can't play the ball because I've broken my hand and we lose that game really hard. And that's us out of the tournament and we finished ninth. And that was it basically. But for me, in that moment, that cost me quite a lot. And this is the reason that I'm telling you this story. Um, actually, there's two reasons. One, because it's an epic story about how we managed to win a game at the British Finals with a broken freaky hand. But two, that frustration is super common. It happens to everybody, but not everyone deals deals with it in the same way. And also, not everybody deals with it in the same way at different times in their own life. And how you deal with it is a skill in itself that needs to be learned. And if you don't learn how to deal with it, it can be really, really destructive to your goals and also to your hand. So... I came ninth with a broken hand, but maybe if I hadn't have done that, we could have come even higher. If we'd won one more game, we would have come fifth. If we'd won another one after that, we would have been top four potentially on the podium. We were pretty close. We were doing all right at that point. And that's only if we focus on the outcome or the progress. That's not even taken into account the process. So from that injury, I then lost training time. So I was out for eight to 12 weeks. Can't remember exactly how long it was. I kept on turning up to training, but I couldn't do anything. I was just standing there hitting a ball left-handed against the wall whilst the rest of the team were training. And that season with my indoor team, we got relegated. We got halfway through the season and we hadn't won a single game, zero points. Not absolutely not due to me not playing, but it's absolutely not going to help being a player down at that point in a quite a skilled position sort of thing or a very specific position. And that's just related 
to that moment of frustration that kind of boiled over. And after that point, I was so much calmer because that was a learning point of like, this has really cost me both in terms of pain, in terms of injury, in terms of training time, and in terms of us getting relegated. This has been the worst possible outcome potentially from that injury. But up until that point as well, I was frustrated all the time playing volleyball because I didn't feel like I was as good as the people I was playing around me. I picked up the game relatively late. I was started playing at kind of 17-ish, whereas a lot of the people that I ended up playing with started playing much younger. They were kind of in their early teens and stuff. So they got five, six, seven, eight, nine years on me in terms of reps, match experience and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, I didn't deserve to be faultless. I just hadn't accumulated the reps yet. I just needed to practice more and all that sort of stuff. But in all of those other training sessions up to that point where I did get frustrated, where I was potentially immature, hot-headed and let my frustration get the better of me, I'd mess up rep after rep, which I could have accumulated in a better fashion if I was if I was calmer and I didn't throw my toys out of the pram. And if I just accepted that I was making the right amount of mistakes for the level that I was at, everything would have been a lot better, which is exactly where this relates to you guys listening to this. So a lot of people, too many people, come into a fitness nutrition coaching process wanting to absolutely revolutionize their whole life and that's a fine goal but they want to go from where they're at which is normally not a great place as it's resulted in you not being in the shape that you want to be and you want to go to being the epitome of excellence and discipline in six to eight weeks but you haven't earned it yet and you're not going to earn it in six to eight weeks. Just like I hadn't earned that 2-0 victory over some beach tour veterans or I hadn't earned the right to be faultless in training sessions, 18, 19 years old. I was supposed to make mistakes the same as you're supposed to make mistakes in those first six to eight, potentially even your first year of training and nutrition learning. And if you can accept and understand that mistakes are part of the process and that everyone gets you closer to where you need to be, you can then start to see the value in them as long as you try to learn from them. And instead, if you let frustration win, you're going to steal from yourself twice. Once in that exact moment, when you get angry, when you don't take ownership, and therefore you don't learn the really valuable lessons that are right there for the taking to be learned, And worst case scenario, you steal from yourself a second time, potentially by just throwing in the towel, giving up, chucking it in the bucket bucket, stopping training for another six months and then having to start again from scratch. But the good thing is, like I said, dealing with frustration, it's a skill. It can be learned. I learned it very quickly. It took me something, well, not very quickly, but in a very short moment of time from one specific scenario. But it took me something as severe as breaking my own hand in five places in frustration to learn it. And I don't recommend that you do anything remotely similar. But what was a real weakness of mine has become something that I see as a real strength, especially in the coaching scenario. Because nowadays I'm so much calmer from that. I'm so much more level-headed. It really helps with the supportive aspect of coaching. I know what a lot of things are like for people that I work with because I've got a fuck ton of experience. I've either lived it myself or I've worked with plenty of people very similar to you who have gone through the same things. And I know if something actually matters or not. And I know if the thing that you're getting frustrated by is actually important or not. So when someone I work with is feeling frustrated and it happens all the time with absolutely everybody, I can see clearly, even if you can't, whether it does actually matter or not. And a lot of the time it doesn't because it's just something that's happened that we can learn from. It's just an individual occurrence that is not really going to accumulate over time, six months, 12 months to the person that you need to be. We just need to move on from it. 
So what was a weakness for me of getting frustrated is now a strength because I can calmly redirect your energy to something that actually helps, that actually moves the needle forwards and just put your focus of attention on those things and not the thing that just happened that you're not happy about it happening. And that can help prevent you from doing something stupid like punching a volleyball post or the training equivalent, which is, let's say, just stopping training or nutrition-wise going on a Krispy Kreme binge or something like that. So if you want a coach who can help you direct the time and energy that you do have, which probably isn't loads, onto things that matter and move the needle forwards and help you get past that bit of frustration that's often seen you throw in the towel on your strength and fitness goals and cost you six months, 12 months, or just left you at the point that you are now having not really made the progress that you want to make over a long period of time, we could be a great fit because I get it. So if that's you, and if you want to learn more, just visit www.coachianwood.com. You will learn everything that you need to learn about working with me one-to-one or in a group scenario on my Kickstart, which leads into the committed program. If you want to have a chat, there will be an application form on there to fill in. You can book in a 15-minute call with me. We can just talk about everything, figure out which is the best fit for you, and go from there. Otherwise, I will see you in the next episode.